This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. And I'm Mina, and we're from Tangata Tumutu Trust. And you're listening to Pallyhood! <laughs> <laughs> Warm Pacific greetings and a massive kia ora to each and every one of you. Uh, whatever corner of this globe you're tuning in from, I'd like to welcome you to the Polyhood Show, 96.9 Plains FM. Sifo, Sam, here to take you into the weekend. How you doing, Villa? I'm oh, good, thank you. Happy that it's Friday. Uh, it's been a busy week, but, you know, the weekend is always something to look forward to now. Love it. Yourself? Uh, yeah, same. Uh, just... Been busy with work this whole week. Uh, our students have moved in, uh, are ready for another year of tertiary studies. So it's been quite busy on that front. Uh, but yes, uh, looking forward to the weekend. Do you have any plans? Mm, no. Uh, well, actually, we talked about, um, I talked about recently about her going through so much struggle with buying a first home. Mm. Well, I can properly say now that I've got my first home. So we will be slowly putting things into boxes and getting ready for the big move next month. Yeah, and that um, is quite fitting because next week uh, we're going to be starting our new programme, uh, MTV Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be the first guy? <laughs> yes. That'll be, yeah, MTV Cribs. Oh, man, that's a throwback. <laughs> Which reminds me, did you watch the uh, super sh- uh, the halftime show for the Super Bowl? Oh, my gosh, I did. And <laughs> I watched it again and again. And I Same. feel like I speak for a lot of people and saying... Damn. <laughs> that was awesome, eh? Oh, that was a throwback. I loved it. I loved uh Wasn't expecting 50 Cent, but how dope was it? Uh, uh, the transition from Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre into 50 Cent. What was your favourite part of this uh, halftime show? Mm, I think I loved all of it. Um, especially the end when Dr. Dre jumped on the piano and mm. then uh, still Dre. There were some stories, I think, uh, going around where, you know, how Eminem uh, took a knee and I think the NFL, they didn't want him to take the knee. And uh, there's another story I heard where they asked uh, Snoop Dogg not to have a bandana hanging out from the, his back pocket, so he decided to come out wearing a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> he came in the form of a bandana? <laughs> form of a bandana, which was quite cool. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was just, they were just basically repairing that uh, damage caused between um, the F- F- Afro-American community mm. or the, yeah black American community and NFL uh, and which is they had strict rulings against kneeling and stuff like that but uh, I, I enjoyed the show yeah. it was really really good anyway uh, very uh, special guest for us on today's yes. show uh, Fa'anana Collins he is running for mayor in Auckland so uh, I'm quite nervous uh, just mm. sitting here thinking we're going to be talking to um, <laughs> such a huge figure. Uh, if you didn't know, in the uh, Christchurch area, he is um, yeah, currently running for mayor in Auckland and he has been in the scene for quite a while now. Yes, uh, been Auckland councillor for, I think it was since 2016. Mm. But like he's he looks really, really young. 
Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks uh, super young, and he is the youngest of um, six siblings. Like Denzel, eh? Hey. Yes. You handsome guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You need a good face to be running for Auckland Mayor, and yeah. especially a Pacific face as well. Yes. Definitely join us for that special interview uh, after this, Snoop Dogg, and uh, <laughs> after this. Are you interested in taking part in or learning more about Pacifica Crafting? Join the Island Breeze Social Club each Tuesday afternoon. Call the friendly staff at Tangata Atumotu Trust on 0800 727 434 for further details or to arrange for a pickup. Salo for lava, everyone. Welcome back after this break. Um, we have Auckland Councillor. Fa'anana Efesel Collins joining us on the show. Sam and I are extremely we nervous. Yes. We've done almost like 150-ish shows. And this is the first time I feel like actual nervous. And Efesel's not even with us in no. studio. Um, Talofa Efesel, how are you today? Talofa, love. And thanks for having me on your show, boys. And yeah, I'm, re- I'm doing really well, thanks. So nice to be with you today, Sam and Joe. Mm. Um, Sam normally starts the show with uh, three questions, so our audience needs to know you a little bit more. Uh, I'll let Sam find those away. Awesome. So the first question I have for you is, what is your favourite food? Oh, probably Wendy's, bro. I, I like the, um, yeah, the, what's that? There's a burger there, the one with meat and the Baconator. That's my burger. So, uh, it's probably unhealthy, eh? <laughs> I like that bigger too. Best yeah. start to the interview, eh? <laughs> um, second question is, what was the first movie you ever cried to? Oh, gee. I don't know. Uh, oh, you've got me, bro. I'm I'm thinking hard now. I know the first movie that, that made me kind of happy-ish, but not quite a tear, was Sound of Music, because the... Especially the bit where they, you know, where they're hiding at the back. Maybe it was scared oh, to you. Yeah. Can I go with that one? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one too. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And a final question is, if you could have dinner with any uh, person in the world, uh, living or past, uh, who would you like to have dinner with? Oh, I'd say someone like Barack Obama, because I've always admired his kind of leadership and oratory skills. Probably a politician too, and... Yeah, he'd be the person I'd like to have dinner with. Mm. Obama's like a first. Eh? Yeah, actually, that's uh, Obama's been. We've had quite a few of uh, Michael Jackson, mm. <laughs> a few other like oh. music celebs. That's uh, Barack Obama's the first for us, and it's quite fitting because you're in politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can't name the um, the tennis players because then my wife might be wondering, you know, why I watch <laughs> tennis so much. <laughs> Can I ask then, have you seen uh, oh, no. King Richard, the, the movie? But King Richard is a movie I watched recently about um, Serena and Venus's dad, uh, oh, how he coached oh. them into yeah. tennis. So you would have been like, what, what random movie is this guy bringing up? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think um, what we'd like to start off with is what actually drew you into this pathway of becoming a counsellor and, well, being the Pacific voice and all this? Yeah, but probably all my life I've kind of seen advocacy at work. My, my dad was a church minister, so dad was um, a faithful with a 
Samuel and Pentecostal movement called Emanuelu Christian Fellowship. We did that for a few years. And my mum was always the union delegate. And so I think in our family, I always saw people leading, people advocating, and people standing beside others. And so I think that was kind of just natural in the home. And my dad was always in trouble because... When he used to lead church, he used to do things that were a little bit out of the ordinary. And one of those things was about, well, this is going back maybe 30, 35 years, Dad had Fafafine in the praise and worship team. And that was, you know, going back 35 years ago, that was a bit of a challenge to some of that theology. So I've always seen my parents challenge the status quo. And so after university and stuff, I was involved in student politics at university. I think it was just a natural progression to enter into a world of advocacy and standing up for people who might not necessarily have a strong voice in things. And that's why I thought, oh, you know, I should give local government a go. And I've really enjoyed it. It's nice to be able to be home, to be a dad to young girls. And hopefully they see in in their parents people who are trying to represent everybody. So that's probably how I I fell into local government politics. Amazing. And like we, me and Sam in particular, because we run the show and we get to talk to a lot of people, we definitely do admire our guests that go out there and put themselves out there on behalf of others. We really do appreciate that. But um, I just wanted to ask you as well, how do you put up with um, detractors towards, because like we we know people who put themselves out there, they're leading the way for this, but you also got those people that comment, especially for councillors at this time. Um, how do you put up with that negativity that comes with it? Yeah, I, I think you... You've got to find people who um, who who always feel you. you know, I'm fortunate. My wife is really supportive. I've got my girls at home, and it's it's when I get on the train after work and I head home, it's my chance to reset. And you know, people say a lot of mean things. They we we can be people can say some really strong things, and and often they're they're baseless. They, I've had a lot of racist comments over the years comments where people say I'm not good enough for this role and it's a bit interesting eh? because you know I'm a tall Samoan guy and people swearing at me in my face and you know the temptation is to do the Pentecostal thing and lay hands on them Uh, but I try (laughs) to be a good boy eh? you know I don't want them I don't want them to confuse whether it's me the Samoan or me the Pentecostal but whatever it is and and so Hey, coming home, I've, I've got my, my family who, you know, my girl, my girl, my baby, she's almost two years old, and she cheers when I get home, and I think she's, half the time, it's my child that's the only one cheering for me, and so I think, oh, cool, yay, someone's cheering for me. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Yeah, so, you know, so it's that kind of stuff that, that really keeps me grounded, and you know, I'll be honest, say, I've got good boys, I've got a, a set of friends, I was with some of the boys yesterday just having lunch, and they were checking in on me saying, you know, if you saw how's things going, how's the campaign, are you tired, are you get enough sleep, you're going to the gym, how's your marriage? And when you've got a good set of, of friends around you who keep you accountable, who are there, you can stand with them. That's the stuff that really helps. And it just helps you take your eyes off what people might be saying that's negative, that's unfounded and can be pretty vicious sometimes. Mm. You touched on um, your campaign. What led you to um, making that decision uh, that this year is the year that you'll uh, campaign for uh, mayor of Auckland? Yeah, we've been talking about it for a few years now. A lot of people have said, oh, would you ever consider it? And so I thought, oh, okay, you know, it's just something that sits in the back of your mind. 
But as the election has been getting closer uh, and there were rumours that our current mayor was going to step down, we gave it some serious thought as a family. And I think probably the most telling uh, moment for us was when uh, we had death threats, uh, my wife and the kids. And so when the police are coming through my office with bomb detectors and all of that and, the, you know, the, the dog that sniffs out bombs, and then they came to our home as well, you know, that was a really tough time for our family. But in the aftermath of that, you know, I took some weeks off work because I felt really bad, firstly as a dad, because eh? I don't mind people taking me on in politics. You know, they can yell at me or whatever. But to, to, to put death threats on my family was really hard because I interpreted that as I was a bad father because I'd brought harm and danger on my family. And in the aftermath of that fear, and I fear my wife, we sat down and we thought, you know, what's God called us to? What's God's call on our lives? And we knew it was to advocate, to stand up for people who don't have a voice. And I think it was that soon after that experience that we decided we were going to go for the mayoralty, that we were going to go for the highest office in this city to say to people that we offer a style of leadership and our experiences as migrants to New Zealand that can really support and facilitate a future that's bright for everybody. So it was probably that key experience, uh, but something we know that kind of has been on our radar for a little while. Wow. And it's, it's incredible to hear mm. and how you discussed that a little bit earlier about the backlash <coughs> and the, the death threats. It's just so... I don't know for me personally, looking at the situation, you're someone that's wanting to go out there and speak for people and like you only have the best interest for people mm. uh, in your mind and wanting to get out there and to receive something like that. It's, oh man, it's hard for me to, to comprehend that. I can understand yeah. uh, being in uh, your sort of role receiving those sort of threats, but I can't understand why people would take that to family because that's personal and I just think that people that do that must be of just some low intellect or something, you know. Yeah, and uh, if so, um, just wanted to ask, being pacifica and having, uh, does that put any extra pressure on you to uh, go for mayor, I guess, of, of Auckland? Is, does it, is there any added pressure being pacifica? Yeah, I think the, the pressure is the expectation of the community because... Everywhere I turn, I live in South Auckland and I grew up in Otara. My wife is a Westie. She grew up in Rānu and we're now based in Otahu, which is in South Auckland. And I, everywhere we go, whether it's we're out shopping, whether we're at church, hanging out with our youth group, wherever the community is, there's a high level of expectation. And people have been marvellous. Eh? They're so encouraging. I was catching the train the other day and a man stopped me. He's a youth pastor. And, and you know, at the train station, here I was trying to catch my train, he starts praying for me at the train station. I said, oh, thanks, youth pastor, but I'm going to miss my train, but that's all right, you keep praying. <laughs> and, you know, people have high expectations. And I think that there's a building excitement that perhaps this is an opportunity for a son of Samoa, a son of the Pacific, to have the, the, the potential to take this office. And so it's exciting for our family. It's extremely humbling because people stop us. And you know, I've had a bus driver put his hand on my head and said, yeah, man, we are lover, man, we are lover for Fuanga. And 
you know, all our plans, they're saying, I hope that your plans are blessed. And so it's a real honour. And I don't know that that's added pressure as much as it is the, the weight of the expectation and then wanting to do it honourably for our people because we're a, you know, we're, we're a, a, a very proud people, whether you're Samoan, Tongan, from the Pacific, our heritage is a proud heritage. And I know that I'm carrying our flags as well. And I hope that I'm doing it in such a way where all of our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, will see us as the embodiment of all of their hopes and know that they can be proud of what we're stepping into today. So, yeah, I think that's probably the expectation that adds a bit of pressure, but, yeah, we're, we're trying our best to deal with it and each day just keep starting again one foot in front of the other. Mm, well, and we, we in Christchurch, we have uh, a young Pacifica crop of talents coming through, especially in the leadership space, uh, one of them being Josiah, who um, has been leading the way for us here in Christchurch, especially for youth. I was just wondering, could you give us, um, to follow in your footsteps, to move in that line, what are three attributes uh, needed of of our Pacifica youth to, to follow in your career path? Oh, cool. And big shout out to Josiah as well. He's amazing, that young man. I've always encouraged him. I said, bro, you should get into politics. He, yeah, and he's he doesn't he did law, I think, so he's got a much better brain than mine. So if he ever goes that way, that's good. I think just as, as far as three things are concerned, I think uh, first, first and foremost, integrity. And it's making sure that people see that you do what you say. And so integrity is really important for me. I'm, I, I want people to know that I'll listen. And I think one of the things that Samoans, Pasifika people bring to the table in any situation is we're good at listening. Well, you know, I'm talking a lot now, but if you come into my home, I'm the youngest of six. I don't do much talking at all. And we're good listeners. People are able to share with us and get their hearts out on the table. And we need to listen, and I think that's what we bring. And then just finally, I think it's important that we show people that we're, um, we're driven by compassion. And I think if anything at the moment, what we need is a whole lot of compassion so that we express love, that we show people that there's hope, there's something bigger and brighter for them, and that compassion needs to be expressed in our policies, needs to express, be expressed in the way we talk and the way we interact with others. So those would be my three uh, I think that's with compassion, integrity, and listening. Well, thank you very much for that. Also, just wondering, um, going through your career, has there any has there been anyone in particular that you've looked up to? That's a cool question. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. One one person that's really stood out for me is. Um, I'll go to my dad if that's cool. Eh? My yeah. dad passed. Yeah, my dad passed away about 14 years ago. And as I was saying earlier in the interview, he was a man who challenged the status quo. And you know, dad's field was the church. Alongside being the pastor of that church for about seven years, he drove taxi. And I think seeing him at work, and he was really passionate about people preaching the gospel. He was passionate about his faith. He was really musical. 
but the fact that he challenged ideas but worked hard to give people an understanding as to why, he'd probably be the person that stands out for me. Actually, both my parents, my mum, the union delegate, I just got off the phone with mum before doing this interview. You know, mum was praying for me and she said, oh, son, I want you to do well. Remember to be humble. Make sure that you listen to people. And I think the balance of that in my parents has been a real example to me on how to go about living my life and acknowledging that I'm in a, in a place now where my daughters won't have the same challenges as we had as children when we struggled with food and with money. You know, we would be considered now a middle-class Samoan family, and I, I take that responsibility seriously. I want my girls to understand that not everyone is in this situation, so we've got to show compassion and love. So, yeah, my parents really stick out for me as people I look up to. Collins, I just want to bring it back to uh, your uh, run for mayor in Auckland. Uh, what's one thing that you would want to change uh, first if you were to get into, uh, if you were to um, become the mayor of Auckland? Yeah, I, I've got a policy idea, and, and the, if that's okay if I throw that out, one of the things I think we could do really well is have fares free public transport. So, you know, we. Many people catch the bus and the train, and Auckland's known for its congestion. And if we can make public transport free, the, the research tells us through the Helen Clark Foundation that families spend close to 30% of their income on public transport or transport to and from work or school. And imagine if we had free public transport, that means that that 30% of your income is now saved and you can spend it on food or your power bills. And so for me, that's one of the things Auckland can think seriously about. We're a city of 1.7 million people. There are thousands of people who are on the, the road every day. And, you know, just from getting from one place to the other, you, you can expect to be in the car for an hour. But I think one thing that can help our families, all families across the city, would be free public transport. So that's a policy take on it. But one thing I think my leadership will bring to the city is that we'll be I think there's a lot of divisions in Auckland. I often talk about so, there was social distancing before COVID, and I think we were socially distanced on the basis of income inequality. The rich lived in some parts of Auckland, and the poor lived in other parts of Auckland. It might, might be the same in Christchurch. You kind of know the wealthy areas, and you know the poor areas. And I think we need leadership that builds bridges so that everyone understands everyone's experiences so that we can share the wealth creation that we're developing in the city. Mm. Um, Crystal, can I please also ask, uh, I've noticed throughout the interview you said that you caught the train to work or uh, caught the bus. You, you've, are you doing that, uh, is that weekly for you? Are you commuting to and from work uh, via public transport yourself? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I use the bus and the train as much as I can. And I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. Firstly, it's because we acknowledge, you know, we're, we're a city that wants to address our climate emissions. And so 45% uh, of our emissions come from um, vehicles on the road. So if we're using public transport or walking, walking is probably better for me too, because I probably need to drop a few kilos. So that's why <laughs> All of us. I'm on the bus. And the, you, you, but we, we have a car, but we, we, we fill up our car maybe once every three weeks. And it's really just to pick up the girls, you know, when they're at ECE or at school. But in the main, we try and use public transport because it's, it's better and you get to 
talk to people. You know, you've got to talk through your mask and stuff, but you get to meet people on the bus. I, I really enjoy public transport. Not like the old days. Remember, in the old days growing up out south, it was oh, only the, it was the wealthy had a car and all the poor people caught the bus. So I love the bus. It's cool. Let someone else suffer through congestion in Auckland, and I'll just sit at the back and check my Instagram post. <laughs> my story. <laughs> Uh, just to wrap things up, uh, we have a lot of, uh, we are based here in Christchurch, the station, but we do have some Auckland listeners. What's the message that you'd like to send out there to, uh, not just our Auckland listeners, but uh, everyone across New Zealand? Yeah, but I'm really proud of our Pacific heritage and I want us to know that we bring something special, full of flavour, full of difference to New Zealand. And without us, this nation wouldn't have been built the way it was. And I think we've got to hold on to the beauty and the contribution that we've made to this nation. And all of us need to get involved. And if it means that we we break the sports fields, and you know, you might be a Crusaders person on the field. I'm more of a Chiefs man. I shouldn't say that too loud because I'm (laughs) supporting the Blues. Or maybe Moana Pasvika now that they're based in Auckland too. But you know, we've Let's let's push ourselves. Don't just settle for, oh, I'll just play club rugby. Get to the Crusaders. Get to the All Blacks. Play for Samoa. And we've got to always be climbing the ladder because in climbing the ladder, we're role modelling to everyone around us that the sky is the limit. And my one reminder is everyone has local government elections. The whole nation is having local government elections on the 8th of October. I want to encourage our people in particular to enrol to vote. And in Auckland, it's the poorer area areas that don't vote. So where I live, only 30% of us vote. And in the wealthier areas, you get up to 85% of people voting. And I know it's tough on our families, but if you get the time, go online and roll and make sure you vote. So hopefully those things are the, are the key messages we leave behind. Excellent. There we have it. Auckland Councillor Fa'anana Efeso Collins the great Pacific Hope. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We really, really appreciate your time. Thank you, and it's been um, it's gr- it's a great first to have um, a Pacific uh, person running for mayor on our show. So thank you again. First day, love and love and all. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Eve. Boys, all the best, guys. Cool. Thank you very much. So appreciate your time. Is someone in your family suffering from diabetes, heart disease? or respiratory illness? Contact our nurses at Tangata Atumotu Trust and we will arrange for in-home support. Call us on 0800 bus speaker, that's 0800 727 434 or contact us through our website tat.org.nz that's tat.org.nz Okay, and now we are off the clock. Are you nervous? <laughs> are you still nervous? Nah, I'm happy we got that interview. I'm not out of the way, but I was so happy to um, have a chat with uh, Fanana Collins. Yeah, it was um, like, you know, I, when I was speaking to him, because, you know, I was stuttering now because he's at a, I see him at this at a high level, right? Mm. And we're talking to him as like, well, we're supporters, yeah, and we're talking to someone that we look to as a as a leader in our community. So I was trying like not to like stuff up, but he spoke to us like he's one of us, man. Yeah, how cool is it that he catches public transport, and it's not something that he was doing um, just because he's campaigning now, but it's something that he's always been doing for yeah. a long time. Uh, imagine seeing uh, I don't know who, who 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 could you think of at the same level that you'd be like, oh, this guy's catching the bus. Uh, but I. 
I've worked um, I work currently with Gary Moore mm. who he has been the mayor of Christchurch mm. he bikes everywhere and he's just someone that stands up for principles and environmental issues like that and uh, it's great to hear FS will do that too yeah what's, what's it called oh, Walking the Talk Walking the Talk eh? Walking yeah, the talk is the walking, yeah. yeah walks the talk yeah exactly so we uh, we wish Efeso uh, well for his campaign for Auckland mayorship um, also I know you, there's a lot of people that uh, you in the interview you keep referring to people seeing and like wanting to pray for him we're doing the same here in Christchurch also mm. and to our Pacific community out in Auckland that he mentioned thirty uh, percent uh, voter rates. Uh, mm. yeah, it'd be really helpful uh, if you guys could get out there and register and we'll be plugging a lot of it uh, leading up to I think is it October the, the month that he said was uh, elections yeah but we'll have to post it up on, mm. our, on our thing so yeah um, yeah, we definitely back back there and yes if you miss this show or any of our other shows you're welcome to download them from the Plains FM website or from the Sam Sefer radio page we'd like to thank Tangata Atumoto Trust for powering the show anyway have a good safe weekend from Sam and I Polyhood. That was Polyhood, proudly sponsored by Tangata Atumotu Trust. To find out more about us, call 03 377 2016 or find us online at tat.org.nz. Polyhood.